0: We're going to be turning to the book of Romans, chapter 5, and we are continuing a, continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago. Actually, we started at the very beginning of the year, and uh, we are uh, have gone through uh, repentance. Everybody say, I must repent. I must repent. And we went into... Baptism in the mighty name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. Everyone say, I must be baptized. baptized. Then we talked about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. The word of the Lord tells us, without his spirit, we are none of his. Everyone say, "I I must have his spirit. Amen. And so last Sunday, we started a journey uh, in the Word of the Lord, uh, talking about uh, our God, His righteousness, uh, His holiness, His beauty, and what He does in our lives, how He changes us. How many of you know, since you've known the Lord, He changed you from what you were before you met Him? Has He not made a new creature out of you? The Bible says when we go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, the old man dies. We come up out of that water, resurrected, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. God has made us new. And he's brought us into a new kingdom. uh, A a kingdom of righteousness. And uh, this world is not our home. I'm just a passing through, I don't know the other words, but it's a great song. Some, some, some on the blue. Yeah. Amen. We live in the world, but we are not of the world, right? The Lord said you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're of a different kingdom. When we come to know Him, we, be, we become a part of a different kingdom. And so, how many of you ever visit a, a country? I know I got your hand. I'll read in just a second. I only got two verses. I'm trying to stretch your leg because you're going to be sitting a long time. Just kidding. So, you go to a country. You don't speak their language, right? You don't know their culture. You don't understand their ways, etc. And, and you go to speak. You speak different. You act different. You eat different. Your foods are different. And all of those uh, all, all, it's, just, it's just different. It's what happens to us when we become a part of the kingdom of God. When everything about us changes, all of a sudden we don't speak the language of the world anymore. Our appetite changes. We don't have the appetite of the world anymore. Everything about us is different. And this is the reason why, you know, I go to a minister in a foreign country where I'm needing the language to be translated for me, all I have to do is just start talking and everybody around me knows I am not from that country. I am from the uh, United States of America more than likely, especially with the Louisiana accent. And they just, uh, they know I am a foreigner amongst foreigners. And it's when you are truly redeemed and changed and transformed by the power of God and become a part of this kingdom, when you open up your mouth, everybody around you knows you're from a different kingdom. There's just something different about you. I want to talk to us today. Everybody say, knowing, knowing and, yielding. and yielding. Say, knowing, and, knowing and, yielding. and yielding. He that knoweth to do good and doeth or not, to him it is To him it is sin. So we don't need to just know, we need to do. James said, I don't want to be a hearer of the word only, but I want to be a... Romans chapter 5, verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Notice the words of Paul the Apostle to the church of Rome. The law exposed your sin. That's what he said. Thou shalt not kill. If you kill, you're exposed. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not, etc., etc. So the law exposed sin so that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded or where sin was exposed, grace did much more abound. There is no sin that grace will not cover. That grace will not forgive. That grace will not give you the strength to overcome. Can you say amen? Amen. Somebody say thank God for grace. grace. I can look at this motley crew and tell y'all all all need grace. Amen. Amen. No one more than pastor. Verse 2. That as sin hath reigned. Everybody say reign. How many of you remember when sin reigned in your life? It controlled you. Only three hands went up. Man, I am am full of an angelic host and didn't even know it. How many of y'all remember when sin reigned in your life? It controlled you. Some of y'all won't raise your hand because it's still raining in your life. That as sin hath reigned under what death, even so might everybody say grace. grace. Say grace. grace, so that grace reign. Now watch how it reigns in your life. See, this is where the religious world loses it right here. They just think grace comes in and that's it. No. Grace reigns in your life through righteousness. Through righteousness. Unto eternal life. Sin unto death, but grace unto life. By Jesus Christ our Lord. By the help of the Lord, we're going to minister knowing and yielding let's pray father we thank you for your word i ask that you touch my mind and my heart lord let the words that come forth let them be of you Father, I pray that every mind in this building be anointed. Lord, you have called people to this building today because you have come to minister your word into their heart. You love them. You shed your blood for them. You have been watching over them, leading them, guiding them, touching them, loving them. And you have brought them here today because you want to transform them into your vessel. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody say amen. Put your hands together for the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Give me just a little bit more monitor at my feet, if you will. I appreciate it. And so we looked at some things, and I just want to go back here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here uh, because I I really want to get to what I feel the Lord wants to talk to us about today. But we learned some powerful things uh, in the Word of the Lord uh, concerning grace. The first thing we learned is that grace is not a license to sin. Grace doesn't come into your life so that you can just remain a sinner and not worry about anything because God's grace is just going to cover that. The word of the Lord tells us in the book of Romans chapter 6 that uh, it says, it talks about grace, Romans 6 and 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul sorts out in verse number 2. He says, God forbid. That you would think that way, that you could just stay in sin because the grace of God is upon you. We learned, we, we got into the word of the Lord. John tells us in 1 John chapter 2, there in verse number 1, he says, I say unto thee, sin not. However, if you do sin, understand that you do have an advocate with the Father. And so what John John is saying there is don't let sin condemn you. You've been redeemed by the blood and the grace of God. But don't just continue in sin because of his grace. Uh, He said we must come up out of sin. But if we do fail, don't quit. Don't give up. You've got an advocate with the Father. He loves you. He will forgive you and he will help you. Anybody excited about that? Oh, yeah. I, I, use, I use that grace all the time. Word of the Lord says, Know ye not that the unrighteous... Now, remember, Paul is preaching to the church. Church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He goes on to say in those verses... Be not deceived. Do not let anyone deceive you. If you continue in unrighteousness, you will not enter the kingdom of God. That's his word. You see, John put it this way in First John 2 and 3. And I'm sort of just kind of skimming over what we did last Sunday. Hereby, we do know that we know Him. How? If we keep His commandments. We don't know that we know Him because we profess Him or we say we're a Christian. We know and everybody else around us knows that we know Him and He knows us because we walk and follow after His commandments. Can I get some help in the building today? Now, if we confess our sins, he is just to forgive us of those sins. We know that. Made whole through his grace and his power and his love and his mercy. Thank God for it. There's not a one of us in this building here tonight that does not use the grace or this morning that does not use the grace and the mercy of the Lord every single day that you live. We walk and abide in that. And then we studied real quick. We looked at a couple of things there that... Uh, we receive this power, this ability to overcome sin in our life and this righteousness and this grace of God. We receive it through prayer. Romans chapter 8 verses 6, 26 and 27. But we're not uh, going to read those here today. We receive it through putting the word of God in our heart. Psalms chapter 1 uh, verses uh, 1 and 2. The word of the Lord tells us. Psalms 119 and 11. I have hid that word in my heart that I sin uh, not against thee. So James. James tells us in James 1 and 21, He commands me and you that we lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that's able to save our soul. You do not continue to walk in sin. There must be a point in time with your walk with God that you begin to cut sin off in your life and begin to learn to walk in righteousness. I want to help us tonight. God just smart. I don't know why I think it's nighttime. But I want to I want to help us if I can in the word of God here today to understand that. The power of what God did to me and what God did to you. The way that power is revealed is how he begins to change our life and how we begin to live and walk upon this earth. And everybody that sees us, they see Jesus in his righteousness. Because humanity is fallen and humanity is full of sin and degradation. And and we just walk. The Bible tells us our thoughts are full of evil. And every evil thought and every evil deed comes from the heart of man. And so when you find someone that's able to walk with integrity and righteousness and holiness in this world, it doesn't bring glory to you. It brings glory to Jesus Christ because only he is able only he is able everybody say no, no. yield no. romans chapter 5 verse number 20 getting to our subject for here today the word of the lord it's reading our text again moreover the law entered that the offense might be a, might abound but where sin abounded grace did much more abound that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace does not abound until there is knowledge of sin and repentance of sin. Mercy is what keeps you And stops God from destroying you while you are a sinner, not looking to him, not loving him, not. It's the mercy of God. But the grace of God begins to work in your life when you come to the knowledge of sin. Because once you become to the knowledge of sin, what do you do? You cannot save yourself. You cannot die for yourself. You cannot shed your own blood. You don't have righteousness to redeem yourself. And if you come knowledge to sin and there's no way to be redeemed out of sin, that would be torment. But when we come to the knowledge of sin, the grace of God. God comes into our life and teaches us how to repent and the grace of God begins to teach us how to live a life of righteousness. Somebody shout hallelujah. Grace reigns in knowledge. Mercy reigns without knowledge. Mercy is God's space, if you please. his time allotted to you, even while you live in sin, to make your way to him. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, that grace is our teacher. Now, the text today said to us that sin... Reigned unto death. James put it this way 1 and 15. Then when lust conceive, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Paul tells the church of Corinth know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Sin. Reigns in our mortal body under death, but grace reigns through righteousness to eternal life. Grace teaches us, and it reigns in our life. Do we know what righteousness is? It's right doing. Now, the only way you can have pure righteousness. It's for it to be righteousness from Christ. Because right doing on your own is self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. So don't misunderstand, pastor. I'm not talking about just living a good life. That could be self-righteousness. I'm talking about living a good life in Christ. That his righteousness comes into our life and cleanses us. Righteousness is the act of doing right. Grace reigns in our life when we respond to the teaching of grace and do right. Now that's the word of God. Grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. Grace becomes king. That's what that means. It reigns. It has control. It has omnipotence over me. It it rules me. It becomes the crown upon my head. It is the king of my life. Grace becomes the king of my life when I begin to recognize its teachings and I begin to do right as it teaches me according to the word of God through the grace of Jesus Christ. All right, stay with me. First John chapter 2 and verse number 5. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, art himself also to walk even as he walked. Now that's some... That's a tall order. If you say you love him and you're in him and you abide in him and he abides in you, then you ought to walk like he walks. Another place, James put it this way, or John put it this way, that if you say you're of Christ, but yet you don't live like him, you are a liar. You can't get it much stronger than that. And we live in a world of people who profess Christ but live like the devil. It's not just professing him. Anybody can say anything with their lips. When you profess him with your heart, it's going to change your life. All right, stay with me. I'm trying to warm up here. Romans chapter 6 verse number 9. Knowing. Everybody say knowing. Knowing Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died under, under sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not, everybody say, let not, let not, not. not. come on, I want to hear, let it come from your innermost being, Let let not, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Paul is preaching to Christians. He is writing to the church of Rome, not to devils. They're full of the Holy Ghost. They're baptized in the name of Jesus. They're trying to walk for the Lord, do their best. Paul steps up and says, do not let sin reign in your body. He goes on to say, because if you let sin reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Now listen to Paul. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. I don't have time to break all of that down, but... But yield, here we go Then he changes it Wait a minute Paul, if I'm reading the word right And I'm pretty sure I am What you're saying Is I have a choice I can yield my members to sin and it will reign in my body and lead to death. Or I can make a choice to yield my members to God and let righteousness reign in my body. i'm sorry christian world it does matter how you live it does matter the choices you make it matters the places you go it matters how you dress it matters if you get drunk it matters if you smoke dope it matters if you live in fornication it matters if you lie still and murder yes it does it matters we are not to yield our members to those things, but we are to yield them unto God. Come on, let's send a praise. Let's send up praise. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God. That's something you have to do. Grace comes to you, and I'll show you scripturally in a moment. Grace teaches you what righteousness is, but grace does not make you live righteous. It will give you the power to overcome sin if you choose. Yield yourselves unto God (laughs) as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Paul said in these verses, know that Christ has already died for your sin. Paul said, understand that. He shed his blood for your sin, but he did not shed his blood for your sin for you to remain in your sin. Verse 19, he said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Paul understood the difficulty that resides in our flesh. We fight it the other day. There's another place where Paul talks about. He says, I will to do good, and evil is with me. He says, I battle this battle in my flesh. Who's going to help me? And the very next verse, he says, But thank be to God for Jesus Christ. I speak out to the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members of servants of uncleanness and to iniquity and unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For without holiness no man shall see God. How do I get holiness into my life? By yielding to the grace of God that comes to me and teaches me how to live godly and soberly and righteously in an ungodly world. And as I yield my members unto righteousness and the glory of God, he says, it becomes holiness. It's a process of decisions. Do you understand that? It is a process of decisions. As we walk this path, as we go down this journey with him, we are confronted every day of right and wrong. Me and sugar don't get alone. Sugar is not the nickname of my wife. <laughs> Me and sugar don't get alone. I'm not a diabetic by any means, but it affects my joints. It's inflammation. Sugar is pure inflammation, in case you don't know that. If you're suffering from inflammation. You should not be intaking any sugar whatsoever. All right, that's your health lesson for the day. My wife and I was at Costco's yesterday. And it's a habit. We get done shopping, we get in the line, we know it's coming. It's that vanilla sundae with strawberries and strawberry syrup. So good. They've got the best vanilla ice cream, soft ice cream on the planet. And we're standing in line. We look at one another. We're both our own tempters. The worst thing ever happened to me and my wife is when we became empty nesters. Because she used to cook for the health of the children. She obviously does not care about me. (laughs) Kidding. So we start debating whether we should or should not. We are professional compromisers. So we will not get two of them. We will just get one. And we will share it. So we felt good about ourselves. But when I woke up this morning, my joints didn't care how much we compromised. The only thing it knew is I allowed sugar to come into this body. And affect mostly just my fingers. I'm good right now, it just lasts for a little while, but and affect my fingers. Compromise. Righteousness is a daily walk with God. You've got to make the right decision. That is righteousness, making the right decision. You've got to make that decision every day of your life. And if you fail, there's an advocate of the Father who will intercede for you. But not to let you stay in your sin, but to pick you back up and say, okay, let's do this again. And Paul said, every day that you make the right decisions, it will make its way down the path unto holy because the only way to be in right standing with God is to live in holiness everybody say no No. yield Hosea said my people are destroyed for the lack of This is why the objective of grace is to teach the religious world has grace completely wrong they pulled grace out of the Bible and they've transformed it into something to make Christians feel good to make People feel like they can be saved and stay in adultery and stay in fornication and stay a drunkard or stay a liar or a deceiver. I'm not talking about those in the world. I'm talking about those who claim to walk with Jesus. The ones in the world, they they got mercy. And so do we. But in the church, it's grace. Grace was never Intended by God to justify you to remain in sin Titus tells us in chapter 2 verse 11 this is the biblical definition of grace for the grace of God that bringeth salvation why because you cannot be saved without grace We are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man boast. There's nothing you can do to save you. Your blood's not righteous enough. You can never acquire salvation. Calvary bought salvation for us. Gave us the right to walk through the door and receive God and the plan of salvation into our life. Even though Calvary was for the world, the world will not be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should not perish but have everlasting life. He died for the entire world. But it's only the ones that believe and walk through the door will receive the grace and power of God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, doing what? What does grace do? Cover your sins so you can remain in sin? Leave you in ignorance so you can live a life of sin but still be saved. No. Immediately, grace begins to talk to you. Immediately, grace begins to teach you the ways of God. Teaching us that denying. Everybody say denying. 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 Grace teaches you what you need to do. better hear the preacher. Because the religious world, the way they have twisted this thing up, grace just steps in and you don't have to do anything. That is a lie from hell. Religion and false doctrine will send more people to hell than any devil on this planet. Grace teaches us That denying ungodliness, I must make up my mind. I will not live ungodly. I must deny it. Denying ungodliness. (laughs) Deny worldly lust. That we should. So Grace says deny. But don't just deny now that we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. That is grace. Grace teaches us, gives us knowledge so that we can... Yield our members to righteousness unto holiness. Titus said it this way. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Paul put it this way. Yield your members unto righteousness, unto holiness. Notice the pattern. Grace brings knowledge by teaching. teaching Obedience to knowledge brings righteousness or doing right. And righteousness leads to holiness. Look at David in Psalms 119 and 9. I'm not going to hold this much longer. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed, by doing, by obeying. You don't just read it and get it in your head and think you're okay. Taking heed according to thy word. How does a young man cleanse his way? By being obedient to the word of God. This is not difficult, people. I know I'm preaching to the choir. All you people are perfect. I appreciate that. those online I'm trying to reach I'm just kidding guys half my church is out there online I'm going to leave that alone verse number 10 with my whole heart have I sought thee oh let me not wonder from thy commandments thy word have I hid in my heart that I thy word have I hid in my heart that I thy word have I hid in my heart that I sin not against thee I've got to have the knowledge of what is right. And when I have the knowledge of what is right, then I can act on righteousness. And the grace of God will turn that into holiness. None of us are holy within ourselves. When our actions are through Christ and obedience to the word of God, he takes that righteousness, right doing, and it is God that brings that unto holiness. (laughs) Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of, of my mouth, thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Knowledge yielding. You know. I don't remember as a sinner the devil probing me every day to go do wrong. Come on, come on, come on, you can lie today. You can lie, tell a lie, come on, come on, tell a lie. No, it was just in me. It's just part of my nature to lie and steal and hate part of our nature. But Paul said, even as your nature, you made choices. He said, you yielded your members to unrighteousness. You didn't have to do it. You made a decision and purposely yielded your members to unrighteousness. And so now Paul the Apostle saying, as you yielded your members to unrighteousness, make a decision today and yield your members to righteousness. Yes. Begin to do those things that are right in the sight of God. Study his word, learn what he expects of you, and begin to respond to the word of God through the power of the Holy Ghost. The grace that comes upon you as He, you get in that word and the grace of God begins to teach you. You know what I love about that? It's because two people on two totally different levels can read the same scripture and grace will deal with them completely different. The one just coming in. Just getting in church, grace is gonna uh, uh, deal with them on a level in which they can handle and receive and and and, and be able to do it, yield themselves to it, and be able to do it and and walk away feeling like they've accomplished something in God. But someone that's been in the church for years, God is gonna deal with a much deeper level on you. He's gonna get into your heart, he's gonna begin to deal with your spirit, he's gonna deal with your mind and He's going to touch you. He's going to say, that person that did you wrong, the one that just got in, that person that did you wrong, I want you to go do something nice for them. But to you, Mr. Saint, Mrs. Saint, that's lived for God for years, God's going to say, I want you to search your heart. I want you to dig deep into your spirit. I want you to get a bucket of water and a rag. I want you to go to that person. I want you to get on your knees, and I want you to wash their feet, and I want you to ask them to forgive you. Grace deals with us d- differently, but we must yield our members to righteousness. Psalms 40 and 8. I'm coming to a close. Music, you can come. I delight to do thy will, David said. Oh, my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Grace reigns through righteousness. Romans five twenty and 21, our scriptures. Verse number 21, that sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. Grace is able to show the world its power and its effect in your life by the change it makes in you. Grace shows that it has full control and is a complete ruler of our life if we change our way of living from unrighteousness to righteousness. You know, when someone reigns in your life, that means they have control of your life. And here you are saying, Lord, grace reigns in my life. Grace reigns in my life. Grace then is teaching you what is right and expects you to obey that. But if you're professing with your mouth that God has reign in your life, he has rule in your life, but you continue to live a life of sin, you are deceiving yourself, the Bible says. Do not feed the flesh or even present opportunities to sin. Let me tell you something. When you enter willfully into the arena of temptation, you have already lost the battle. Let me explain that. You know. Not to let you and that girl get alone. But you tell yourself today. I'm going to conquer this thing. The moment you enter that arena. And allow yourself and that young lady to get alone. You have already lost the battle. You see the, win, the victory of that battle. Is when you was on the outside making the right decision. And the right decision was that I am not going to get along with her because I know my flesh and the bible tells me to flee youthful lust. Yeah. Not try to not try to conquer youthful lust. Run from it. Because the moment you enter into the arena, it's over. You already lost. Your victory Is when you make the decision before you face the enemy. That's right. Okay, Romans eight and twelve. I'm trying to close. I can tell I'm I beat you up long enough. I can feel. I feel I'm losing you. Slowly slipping off. I'm gonna give you hope. Let's stand. Romans eight and twelve. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. You owe nothing to your flesh. You are not a debtor to your flesh. You owe nothing. You don't have to please it in any form or fashion. We're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. He's not talking about natural death. We're all going to die naturally. It's appointed unto every man to die at once. He's talking about spiritual death. He's preaching to Christians. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. Here we go now. But if through the Spirit. Now you've been sitting there asking yourself the question. But how do I conquer this? How do I overcome this? If you have never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God. That comes into your life. That gives you the ability to mortify the deeds of the flesh. It gives you the strength to make the decision outside the circle. Now Paul said don't be deceived. Even with the God Spirit you can still choose wrong. It is a choice. It is something that we do. It is a choice that we make. You know, people always scream, well, you can't be saved by works. That's exactly right. But there's a difference between works and obedience. You see, when God gives me a command to do something, I must do it. That is a work. That is a work. Do you know believing is a work? Anything you do is a work. When he said, "We're not we're saved by grace and not by works," let's mention both. He's talking about the fact that you would believe in your heart outside of Jesus Christ that you can live good enough and do good enough things to be saved. Outside of his blood. You can't do it. You got to have. You got to have the blood of Christ. But once I'm in this thing. I must. I must obey. And be obedient. To the commands of God. Therefore brethren. We are debtors. Not to the flesh. To live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh. We shall die. But if through. But if ye. Through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. Ye shall live. Paul put it this way to the church of Galatia. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and with the lust. And I close. I close with this. David said in Psalms 51 and 10. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Renew a right spirit. How do we do that, David? For we cleanse our ways through His Word by yielding our members unto Christ. God is calling two levels here today, He's calling the church. To make a conscious decision to yield your members to Him. To get in His Word and learn about Him. And begin to make right decisions. Begin to live righteousness through His Word. And the path of righteousness or the path of right living in Christ leads to holiness. And God is holy. And the Lord said, be ye holy. That's a command. Be ye holy. For I am holy. Live in such a way that it brings glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Children, obey your parents in all things. Young people, especially if you're a young man, a young lady, and you've, you've come into the church. And your parents are not in the church. They are to see how you live. They are to see a notable change in you. And how you honor them and respect them. And they don't have to punish you to take out the trash. They get up in the morning and the trash is out. And the new fresh bag in the can. And eggs are on the stove and toast is in the... You know what I'm saying. Obey your parents. Let them see Christ in you. You want your parents to come into the church? Then you must begin to live according to the Word of God towards your parents. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave his life for it. Wives, honor, respect, and obey. Your husbands. It's the word of God. Not unto disobedience to Christ. God would never expect any woman to sin for the sake of her husband. That's why the word of the Lord says, you think I have come to bring unity? I've come to bring division. I'm going to put siblings against siblings and mothers against daughters and fathers against sons and spouses against one another. He's talking about one choosing to live for God and the other refusing to live for God. But when you're both trying to make your way to the Lord. Righteousness, it's conscious decisions, it's actions, it's right living, it's obedience to God's word, it's mortifying the deeds of the flesh, it's laying aside the superfluity or the overabundance is what that word means. The overabundance of naughtiness or sin, lay those things aside. What did hinder you, Paul said, you ran well, lay aside every weight in sin that doth easily. these are things that we must do. over and over, the Word of God says, Let us, 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 let us. Let us. Jesus did his part <laughs> He died for us while we were yet sinners. He shed his blood. He called us. We didn't call him. He chose us. We did not choose him. He granted to us repentance and we repented of our sins he filled us with his spirit and when we were baptized in his name he washed our sins away what more do you want from him Now he says, now that I've done all of that, my spirit that abides in you, I will help you mortify the deeds of the flesh. I will help you lay aside unrighteousness. And by my grace, I will teach you how to live godly and soberly in this present world. And it's when the church makes up its mind, it's when you as an individual says, When I walk out of my house, I am representing Jesus Christ. I will act accordingly. I will dress accordingly. I will behave accordingly. And I will bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And when the church makes up their mind to begin to walk in His righteousness... And to make decisions that we know are in obedience to the word of God. And will bring glory. Then the church will begin to shine so bright in such a dark world. That people can't help be, but be drawn to it. And they'll start walking up to you again. There's something different about you. What is it about you? What's different about you? And they'll open it. If you're here this morning and you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, these altars are open. Anyone that prays for you, they'll wear a mask. And, and so come and we'll protect in every way we can. But we invite you to come and, and, and to, be, uh, to be in this altar to seek God and, and say, Lord, I need you. Sin has reigned, has reigned in my body. Sin has reigned in my body. And it's destroying everything I love and everything I know. There are marriages that are on the brink because sin. We have allowed unrighteousness. We have yielded our members to unrighteousness. And our marriages are on the brink. Oh, God, I want you to save my marriage. Here I am. I'm going to yield my members unto righteousness. Forgive me. And the Bible says he will. And there's an advocate with the Father. And he will intercede. And if we confess our sins, he is just to forgive us of those sins and to impute in us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But we must repent. We must confess. Don't tell me there's nothing you have to do. I must call on His name. I must love Him with all my heart. I must confess my sins before Him. I must ask Him to forgive me. Let's do that together as a church right now. Every eye closed, every mind on the Lord. Father, we come before you today. And we ask you, God, to forgive us of our sins. For they are many. Your word says that you are just. Oh God, if we will confess our sins, you are just to forgive them. God, I'm asking you to have mercy upon this church. Have mercy upon us, oh God, as your children. Be merciful. Let your grace reign in our life that we might mortify the deeds of the flesh. Teach us thy righteousness that we might be able to walk in them. That we might make right decisions and walk down the path of righteousness to holiness that we might have fellowship with you and abide with you it is our hope and our hunger today oh God we want to know you I want to walk with you I want to abide with you is there somebody here today you would like to come and tell the Lord God I want to abide with you I want to know you I want to walk with you I want to walk in righteousness I want to walk oh God in the purity of your law and your word I want walk in your grace and your mercy I want to walk that path with you, O oh Lord. Oh, Father, I come to you now. I yield myself to you. Come on, you know you're here. You know you're in this place. God, no longer am I going to yield my members under unrighteousness. I want to yield them under righteousness. Sir, ma'am, the only way you can do that is through the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to come and say, God, give me your Spirit. Fill me with your spirit. I repent of my sins fill me with your spirit I want to have that power I want to have that ability to overcome sin in my life I do not want to die that spiritual death oh God I want to live unto eternal life if I yield my members through unrighteousness they will lead to death but if I yield them to righteousness they will lead to eternal life won't you come and tell him that Won't you come and tell him that? God, I want to yield my members to you. I want to yield my mind. I want to yield my heart. I want to yield my hands. I want to yield my feet. I want to yield my mouth, my eyes, my ears. I want to give my body to you, God. Here I am, Lord. Oh, God, I yield myself to you. I want my members to be used under righteousness. To bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray, church. So Let's, pray. You, can you Let's pray. Let's pray. No matter where you are in this building, if you're still in your queue, you ought to be calling on God. Come on, give everybody in this building, away. after this word today, so we ought to be calling you, on God. Can you speak. Lord, give have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me I love you Lord I yield myself to you I God